will probably get there before me, so bear with me. Um, but it's talking about giving, and it's talking about that there's a season when you reap, right? There's a season when you plant, and there's definitely a season when you also get to reap. And when it comes to us giving to the Lord, I found that so true in areas of our lives where, you know, maybe you're been sowing for a while in an area, um, whether it's, you know, into your marriage, into your ministry, into your family. But I love here when it comes to, excuse me, when it comes to our finances, um, you know, just like I said earlier, God's word doesn't return to us void. So when he speaks something about our finances of how he wants us to be part of his kingdom, right? Not just the world system is how's interest going or is this a good time or is that about in God's time it's always a good time right because there's always a good return there's no ups and downs there's no let's see how the you know stock exchange is up in heaven and let's see let's see uh, when it's a good time to invest let me tell you something Ty and I have experienced and continue to receive great blessing from the Lord and seeing his faithfulness because it's always a good time to be obedient to the principles of his word and and when it comes to giving. And so I want to exhort you in that. I want to just encourage you because I feel like just like the farmers who know exactly that there is a season to do something and then there will be the season of reaping. I think us as people of God, we need to be also alert and aware of like, God, this is a season where when we sow into the kingdom of God with our time, with our finances, with our labor, whatever that is, it will bring back. So it says here in chapter nine, I'm sorry. Yeah. Chapter nine, verse 10, it says, now may he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness and I love this because you know God saying I have provided food for us to feed you to take care of you I have provided shelters everything you need I provided but guess what as his children he's also allowing us to steward something right and so he says I've given you seed I've given you seed I don't know about you but you know when I see a farmer putting a seed I'm like oh he's like just throwing it to the ground you know like it's just it's just going on the ground like he's it feels like it's could it be wasted could is what's going to happen to it but God says no I have supplied it to you I've given you the seed right but if that farmer were to go and say you know what i'm not sure what if i can trust the soil of mine so i'm just gonna keep that seed and i'm just gonna hold on to it because i i don't know guess what harvest time would come and i you know it would just be a bummer it would just be such a bummer that he probably wouldn't get much in return but when he puts out of trust he puts out his seed it says he gives seed to the sower so I'm going to ask simple questions today, I hope. (laughs) What is the seed for? Right? The question is, is the seed to keep the seed or is the seed to sow the seed? Right? To sow. And so I want to encourage us, and I'm taking a little bit longer in that because I just believe that there's obviously a faith exchange, right? And there's a faith exchange when we plant our seed and we put our seed out on our finances and whatever it is and we sow it. 
And there is an expectation, there ought to be, that there will be a harvest of that. And I tell you what, you know, I think it's so interesting that we put a little seed out, but yet the harvest is so much bigger. And so I want to pray today as we're giving, whether it's online, whether it's here in person, just that we would put out even, even, um, whether we physically, you know, just want to kind of hold on to it and say, Lord, we're putting our seed out, knowing and trusting that, Lord, you are faithful, that you will bring a harvest, that you know how to bring things to us that when we need them and we can put things out, trusting you, Lord. So we thank you, Father, this morning as we are putting our seed out, our finances, Lord, the things that you have entrusted us with, Lord, because you said that you give seed to the sower. So this morning, as we put out our seeds, Lord, we are trusting you, Lord, that you will bring a harvest back, Lord, in areas that we need them, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that your kingdom doesn't lack. Hallelujah. That your kingdom is not in need, Lord, but your kingdom is supernatural. So, Lord, you multiply. We thank you for that. And Lord, we thank you that you will supply all of our needs, all of our needs, according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So good. I love it. I think so much about, thank you so much. I think so much about what God wants us to grasp and learn and understand um, as his children is so much has to do with stewardship. You know, and I look at areas of our lives, whether it's our finances, which are obvious, or whether it's relationships, or whether it's our talents, so much of it has to do with how can we steward. And I don't have to look far to see an example in my own home, right? <laughs> we go to the store. You guys, no one told me never to not take kids to Target. So I've made that mistake over and over. But, you know, we'll get over to Target. And I mean, my kids are like, I want that. I want this. I want that. <laughs> and it takes, you know, I have learned the art of remembrance because I quickly have to remember how much stuff we already have, <laughs> right? <laughs> Note to sell. We have stuff at home. You guys don't need any more stuff. But also, as much as I want to bless them, because that's my heart as a mama, like, I want to bless them and thank God, you know, the Lord provides and we can bless them. But I also want to know how much can you handle? <laughs> you know, if I, and I tell them all the time, guys, if I can tell, especially right now that we're unpacking, if I can tell that you can steward what you have well, and you've got that down, then I can trust you with more. And they're like, okay, can we come back tomorrow? I'm like, no, it's not that simple. Because I want to see a pattern of can they steward what they have. And if I buy something that's more expensive, you know, again, nobody told me that as kids get older, things get more expensive. So as they get older, now can you steward those things that are that are worth more? And so I think for us, the Lord's like, hey, the, the tide, like that's that's awesome. Can you steward that? And if you can steward that, can I bless you with more? And I believe that God's heart ultimately is that he wants to just continue to bless us more as his children and not, and not, never holds back because there's like, oh, there's, well, what? I don't want to give that away. It's because God's like, I want to make sure you're stewarding it well. So that's not what my lesson's about today, but <laughs> thank you, Lord, that he is speaking so uh, well, this morning, uh, we're going to continue to talk about the vision. Can everyone say vision? Vision. Amen. And um, 
you know, I've been really enjoying and I've been hearing um, Ty also share. And, and I do believe that there's, there is the vision, not just the vision that's coming, although it's really important for our church and for us, but there is a vision that God's portraying all throughout the world, in his church especially. There is something that God is opening our eyes up to and showing us. And and I think I love that it's not it's there is things that God's doing between with you, with your family, with your homes, with your businesses, but there is something that God is doing corporately in the church and in the world and it's exciting to step into it with him. So uh I've really thought, you know, Joshua, I was really pondering on Joshua this week, pondering on, you know, he was stepping into new ground. He was stepping into not just new ground, but a whole new era, a whole new era. And I love that we have God's word to look back. And it says actually in Romans fifteen four, it says, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience, everyone say patience, patience. And I love that you guys are smiling. I can't tell if you're smiling, but I think you're smiling. <laughs> patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope, might have hope. And it says whatever things were written, that goes all the way back to Genesis. Everything that was written says it was written for our learning, Right. It's not, a, I tell my kids all the time, the Bible, it's not a history book of like this happened and now, okay, we can go see, you know, the memorial of whoever, or especially in this area, there's so much history. I love it. But it's like, okay, that happened. It's dead. It's done. It's gone. You know, yes, it did something for us, but now there's so much more that God's doing through his word that it's not dead. It's alive and it continues to speak. So I have looked to Joshua, the book of Joshua so many times because it's actually it has some of my life scriptures in it, but also because it's such a great leadership book. It's a great book of leadership. It's a great book of um, understanding how to trust God through the impossible, understanding how to trust God through adversaries. Under, there's so much in it. So I encourage you, like, you know, this is like a meal that we're having together, right? <laughs> and I love that. I love having people over for a meal. But I won't be like, hey, come over for a great meal. I got a good meal for you on Sunday. But then fast the rest of the week. You don't have to eat. No, we continue to eat and continue to eat on the word every single day. So I encourage you. But I'm actually going to ask you guys to jump with me because I want to read through uh, the first nine verses of chapter one of Joshua. So if you can turn with me, uh, because today I have nine lessons. I'm going to beat Ty. I'm going to do not just five, but nine lessons. <laughs> just kidding. I love my husband. I learned a lot from him, actually. So, uh, But I thought that'd be fun to, not fun, but that would be cool to have a, a, a sequence. So there's nine lessons today that we can learn from Joshua. And this is just book one, people. So can you imagine how much more? Um, so let's go to Joshua chapter one. And before I do, let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you that your spirit is with us. I thank you that as we are positioning our hearts, leaning into you, God, that you want to pour out your wisdom, your love, your comfort, and helping us, Lord, to navigate where we're going, 
Lord, we're looking to you. We're not the captain of our own ship, Lord. We're looking to you to lead us, to guide us, Lord. We've never been here before, Lord. So, Lord, we're looking to you, and we know that you're going to lead us. So, Lord, this morning, as we speak your word, as, as I share your word, Lord, I pray that it would cut through, Lord, and divide and help us to know how you want us to move ahead, Lord, that you want us to move ahead with courage, Lord, and with strength. And I declare that over us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's go over to Rome. I'm sorry, <laughs> to Joshua chapter one. And, uh, you know, this was right after the death of Moses, who had led the Israelites 40 years in the desert and also brought them out of slavery. So they had just mourned over Moses for 30 days. So they were in a season where, okay, Moses was dead. Actually, the Bible says that God himself buried him. So he was buried. They knew, okay, something has shifted, right? Something had shifted, and it was very clear that, okay, now who will be the man? And God had appointed Joshua to be the new leader of this congregation. And this is a brand new generation, you guys. This was not everyone that came out of Egypt. This was actually only Caleb and Joshua, the only two that came out of Egypt. Everyone else was the new generation. And unfortunately, they didn't make it into the promised land because of their unbelief. And so we're seeing a whole new generation that thankfully caught something from the older generation and realized, let's not do that. Let's get on. Let's get on with where we're going because God had not changed. So I love that because even though the older generation, obviously they did not make it because of unbelief. God had not changed his mind. Amen. And I love that the, the, the patience, the kindness of God, that he could have been like, y'all, I'm done. You know, so many times he could have said, I'll just make you a nice house right here. You know, I'll take care of you here. But how good of God to say, no, I, 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 want, I, I want to fulfill my promise to you. And may that even bring us an assurance. I know it does to me that God's word doesn't, his promises don't change, you know, even if we've messed up royally, badly. God's like, no, I still want to fulfill my promise to you. So this was him speaking to Joshua. Um, let's see. It says here in uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, After the, the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will thread upon, I have given to you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this, I'm sorry, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the great the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you 
nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn to it from uh, from do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this word. And, um, you know, I could, I while I sat there and just read through that, and really ponder on God, what was happening and how God was commissioning Joshua. I mean, I thought of like the depth and the levels of, um, not levels, but the depth of what God was saying to him in just those nine verses. And just those nine verses alone, of course, it goes on to give him more instruction as it goes on. But just those nine verses alone, I really wanted to break them down for us because I felt as I was reading and as I was really um, asking the Lord for more understanding how every single verse really has an instruction for us. And so even starting with verse 1, um, God is commissioning Joshua. You know, here's the commissioning service for him. Here's him saying, Okay, Joshua, you're it. Like, Moses, my servant, is dead. And obviously Joshua knew that, so it's not like great news, like, what do you mean he's dead? You think, why is God saying that over to him? Because he's saying the era of Moses is gone, it's dead. And it doesn't mean it was bad, it just means that's over. And I think for us, we're stepping into a new era, and we are all needing to process and embrace of like, it wasn't that it was bad, it wasn't... Uh, it's just the end of it, the end of the era that we were just in, and now we're stepping into the new one. And so he needed to bring that to his attention one more time. And uh, no, in verse 2 it says, um, let's see, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Everyone say, arise. Arise. I love how God is giving him such clear instructions, such... Um, you know, it was the, 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 it was the timing. It was saying, arise. Okay. You need to arise. You've mourned for 30 days. The congregation has mourned for 30 days, but it's now time to arise. Right. And as I, as I could just see as if, you know, they're waiting on God. I mean, everything through the wilderness was God leading them step by step. And now God's saying, okay. We need to arise. And I believe there's something within just the body of Christ. And I think we've all heard it. And I think there's been echoes. But I think there is something that is now God is, is, is speaking into our hearts saying, okay, it's time to arise. It's time to arise. Things are not going to look the same. 
things are going to look different, but we're going somewhere. So we need to arise. And I want to speak that over us. That verse 2 says, arise, and that we would also arise. And what does that mean to us? It means two things. It means, um, yes, it's time to get up from where we are and start moving, right? It means like, okay, you need to physically, like, we need to go. We also, But I also think that there's something of the heart, a positioning of the heart that, especially through the season that we just, the year that we just went through, that we would also of our hearts now like lift up our heads because it's almost like I get a picture of uh, Joshua kind of like a downcast of, okay, Moses is dead. Like the man, <laughs> the man that's been leading us, right? I mean, in all the signs and wonders, okay, that's done. And I've also had moments of looking back and thinking through, you know, that whole era and almost like, okay, now it's need to, now it's time to arise. Now I need to, I've more, we've mourned that, but now we need to lift up our heads and also arise. So I love that verse two. He tells him arise. It's time to continue. Um, you know, things that had died in the last season, it's time to cross over. It's time to go. It's time to go. <laughs> you know, Ty's really good at like when he says, hey, guys, let's get going. I feel like my kids just like, duh, 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 like they line up, they get their shoes on, they know where to go. They know get in the car. And I'm, if it's me, I'm like, hey, guys, it's time to go. And I'm like, cricket. <laughs> so we're working on that. But it's really it's it's it, there's something of an attention that comes like, OK, it's time to go. It's it's time to, you know, we've had time. So. Let's arise. Uh, verse 3, this is Joshua being commissioned. It says in verse 3, Every place that the sole of your foot will thread upon, I have given you. Every place. It's God saying, I've, I'm, I've cleared the way. I'm clearing the way. In the natural, of course, we know what was just about to come, Jericho. So God's painting the vision, the picture, the commissioning him like here's what I've given you here's what I've given you it said and he even gives him um you know he's commissioning him to okay here's you're the commander now you you go you move you know something about take the steps go ahead and take the steps you know they say it's always the first step that's the hardest <laughs> but he's saying I've laid it out for you now could begin um so he gives him his mission. Joshua is sure of what his mission. He wasn't like, okay, so what are we doing, God? Has the, you know, the mission changed? Like, are we going to, you know, are we still going there? Are we staying here? God was very clear of like, it's, this is your mission. And I've given you every place that your foot goes to. In verse 4, uh, it says, God gives him his assignment and his territory. We see in verse 4, it's, he gives him actually the parameter. It does. It's not like, all right, go ahead and just everyone just go. You know, you would, you can just imagine with that many people, um, they would just go every direction. Like, yeah, just go. Okay, just keep going, guys. Just go. Okay, that way, this way. That no, God, God's a God of order. So God actually gave him very precise territory, and it actually says that says from the wilderness. And this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the great the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, 
and the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Everyone say territory. Territory. So that is what God is, I believe what he, when God's speaking to us, he's going to draw out our territory. He's not just like, y'all go for it. God's like, no, I have given you territory. And for us, what that means is there are things that I believe personally in our hearts, whether it's our ministry, our marriage, our business, our family, that God's like, no, here's your territory. But also I believe corporately as a church that God's going to begin to really clear out and give us clear instruction of what our territory is, right? What our assignment. He didn't say, you know, y'all go to Canada. Like he was like very clear of where, I don't think they would have known where Canada is at that time, but he was very clear of where and what that territory looked like and the assignment to go, right? And so I love that, you know, Joshua is moving a whole generation. And I believe that there is territory that God wants us to take for this new generation. Amen? And that God is charging us to say, okay, I've given you this territory, and this is this is who you're taking with you. And I think as, as, as us Joshua's that, you know, we're coming into this now, all right, God, who do you want us to take? God's like, there's a whole generation, you know? And I think if we're not careful, we can look in the natural and look who's around us, and we're like, okay, God, and God's like, no, 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 no. Like, look, there's a whole generation. Because if he was to look at his generation, it'd be like, yo, Caleb, let's go. <laughs> Caleb, get in the car. We're going to take a ride. Sure, I'll take, I'll take Caleb with me. But God's like, no, 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 no. You take the generation. You take the generation. And I believe that for us, we're not just to look at one another next to us be like, all right, I'll take you. I like you all. Let's go. I think that there's a whole group of people of the generation that's coming. I don't know what the generation Z as X. One, yeah. All of them. X, Y, Z. Everyone. Take them. I, and, I, and I don't make fun of that. But, you know, I think sometimes we're like, well, Jay's, Jay, um, you know, Gen Z. I don't know. I think God's like, no, A through Z, take them all. You know, I think that the youngest, the infants, were like, you coming with me, little babes. The preschoolers, the high schoolers, the young adults were like, no, no, you're not staying, baby. You need to come. Let's go. Let's move along, right? Because they could, I mean, I don't think it's news to us that, you know, young adults or youth have a mind of their own. Of course they do. But I think that we as as parents, as leaders, as the older generation, I think that we have given authority. We have been given a, a leading, and we can't discount ourselves because I think I could put myself in Joshua's shoes and be like, there's two of us old guys and uh, a lot of young people. Where do we go? <laughs> but I love that they embraced that and that they led with courage, and we're going to find out why. <laughs> so verse 5, it's, it's uh, here's what verse 5 says verse 5 says again every I feel like every single word every single verse just has such potency uh and that I believe you know every word is is Joshua needed to hear and we need to hear it says no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I as I was with Moses so I will be with you I will not leave you nor forsake you and I love God's oath to Joshua, you know, I think Joshua, the Bible says that they were hu human beings, flesh and blood, just like you and I. So all the maybe 
questioning that could have happened, you know, well, like everyone loved, jo I mean, Moses, like, how do you know they're going to want to follow me? But I love that God's giving his own stamp of approval. Amen. I love that God said, I know even the questions in your heart that you're having to wrestle with because everyone loved Mo Moses and Moses did great signs and wonders. But he said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I don't know about you, but to me, I'm like, that's all I need to hear. <laughs> that's all I need to hear, right? That as I was with Moses, as I was with the older generation, I will be with you, says the Lord. And I think if that's not all we need, like, I don't know what else we need. Because God can say, okay, I'll send you all the money. I'll send you the bank account. I'll send you. And God, and I'm like, no, no, no. But I need you to come with me. <laughs> so I think for us, like, we have to grab a hold of that. That God has not changed, right? That we're not left alone. We're not like, all right, let's, you guys step into the water. God says, so as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And verse 6 says, be strong, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. I've never known a time in my life before <laughs> that these words are so heated by my heart right now, are so nurturing and says, God's like, you guys be strong and of good courage. Um, it's, it's, it's reminding him of, of the mission, right? It's about the people. It's about the generation that he's coming. It says, be strong and of good courage. And it's not a, I think you should be strong, Joshua. It's a commandment. It's be strong and of good courage. And I believe the Lord's saying to us today as a church, but also individually, you be strong and of good courage. Amen. And verse 7, it says, how to be strong. So he wasn't just like, be strong, you know. Uh I think back in the, you know, I don't know, at least in my young, my generation, like growing up, it's like you'd fall down and your mom would just, you know, lick it and be like, you're fine. Come on, get going. <laughs> now I've turned. It's like, okay, honey, let me, you know, I'm, I've kind of like turned the page a little bit, but I just love that, that it's, God's not just like, come on, get going. Like, you know, I love that God told him how to be strong. God gave him instruction in verse seven. It says, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the land of Moses. So he told them how to do it. He says, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. He's like, Joshua, there's going to be as a leader, like you can go in so many directions, right? It, as as God's people, like, we can just go on our own and try to figure it out. Like, let's try to figure out how this is going to get done. But God's like, no, 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 don't turn from it to the left or to the right. Like, be strong, stay with me, stay in the path with me. And uh, in verse 8, he gives him the strategy. This, uh, this is where I just want to hit the hit it like the nail in the head or however that said this is where I really felt so strongly and stirred today to bring this word is that in the in the in the direction that God's moving us and where God's taking us if we don't get this right we could get off course very quickly and we can get um I don't know about you, but I don't like getting off course. Like, <laughs> I do not like getting lost. I don't like to waste my time going in circles. I've done that. Uh, I've learned that 81 North is not 81 South. I've learned that if I don't get off the right 
exit and get on the right because you get on and off an exit but then there's another exit so I've learned and I'm really trying to pay attention because I don't like getting lost I don't like wasting my time but I believe if we heed to this instruction and to this word we will not get off course and it says in verse 8 this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But it says, but you shall meditate in it once a week. No. <laughs> See, I'm used to teaching kids, so I'm like, they're usually, you know, no. But it says, you shall meditate in it day and night, day and night, day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then... You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I feel like if we follow these instructions, and I believe that with my whole heart, we will go in the path. We will be safe where God wants us to go. Because right now, the temptation, let me tell you this, and, you, and it's not going to be any news to you. But the temptation and the pressure and even the um you know, always a distraction is to meditate on someone else's words, you know? I mean, you name it, there's the Facebook, there's tweet. I mean, there's like so many quotes and, you know, things that you share. And, and some, some of that has a place, you know, and a time. But if that's all we're meditating, and when it says meditating, that's actually speaking it out, right? So you read a quote or you read someone, you know, a post or something, and then you're like, it's on your mind now you're talking about it. God saying, no, no, no. If you want to come where you need to be, if you want to get to where you need to go, it says meditate on my word day and night. And I thought, Lord, why is it that it was two times a day? Like, why? And I don't think the point is like, okay, 7, 7 a.m., although I don't think there's anything wrong with opening up your Bible. I think you should. We should. And then at night again, but there's something about consistently during the day and during the night, you know, during your time when you are, uh, you know, first wake up and what's the first thing that comes into you? What's the first thing that hits you? I don't know about you, but I can see myself really quickly like declining if I get allow all those other distractions come into my mind, right? Like, worry and fear anxiety like depression will just like tank me if I don't quickly grab a hold of like no I I can't sit here and meditate on the day and night I need to meditate in God's word like what did God say and that ultimately like that's what's gonna bring life and strength and that that was the recipe you know that he would meditate in that and it says that you may observe to do. So it's not just, all right, get in my word, read my word, put it away. It's like, no, meditate on my word day and night so that you may observe to do according. So that when you're going to make a decision, when you're going to make a move, when you, you already are moving according to it, right? You have put it into your eyes. You have put it into your ears. And now out of the abundance of your heart, you're speaking and you're doing, and you're doing it with faith. That's what he told them. It says, he said, um, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. That's part of what I was talking about when it comes to stewarding. God's giving us his word. If we steward it well, 
we're going to make our way prosperous. God said, uh, he didn't say, I will make your way prosperous. He says, you go ahead and make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. And I think so many times we're like, you know, I've gotten caught up with like, Lord, like, you know, you got to fix this. And God's like, no, I've given you my word. You make your way prosperous and you make your way successful. And it's not self you know, how to become a millionaire, you know, it's more of like, no, like, I want you to walk this out. And I want you to put it into practice. And I want you to do it. I want you to do it. All right, we're going to close in just a minute. But I want to finish up uh, verse eight. Uh, verse eight, we talked about that. Um, another reason why I believe he told him about, you know, meditating day and night is because I believe that there's something of the remembrance right? It's like there was a whole law that was written and remembering, right? I feel like it's so unsafe to, uh, you know, go into what we're going into, the territory that we're going into, and things can get very blurry, and things can get very upside down very quickly. So I think for them, especially, they had to remember constantly the victories that God had won, what God had said, because they were going into a territory where no one served God. No one served the living God, right? They went into they, the, those territories, the Hittites and uh, Canaan, where things were so upside down. If So if they were fresh in the word, in their hearts, they'd walk in and be like, all right, well, I guess we can fit in here. I guess we can work this out. But God had given them very specific instructions in the law of how they were to keep themselves pure, of how they were to keep themselves set apart, of how they were holy people. But if they hadn't meditated on it, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, we're kind of never done that. But yeah, I guess, you know, because culture was so upside down in those territories, you know, they were doing horrible things. And if they weren't fresh in that, it, they, it could easily, you could get muddled in there. Like, well, so compromise in their hearts was a big deal. So I believe that was one of the reasons. Um, and and uh, let's see. Verse 9, again, he says, be strong, be strong and of good courage. I love that God gives him another, like, you know, another sandwich of like, here it is. Uh, you know, it's like, be strong and here's how you need to do it. Okay, now be strong go do it. In verse nine, it says, have I not commanded you? He's like, I already told you what to do. I commanded you. Right. And God's to us speaking today saying, all right, this is my charge. Y'all, this is my charge. People, my people be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Wherever you go. And I just feel like God is breathing on us, this on us today, right? I feel like God was breathing this word that we needed to hear today of these lessons. I mean, every single verse, I feel like God is breathing courage, right? And he's saying, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. And in these days that we're stepping into, I think that we need to take that same courage that God spoke to, to Joshua. Amen. And the same, um, the same, um, word and to really 
own that and say, and the Lord says, I will be with you wherever you go. So God's leading us. We're going to follow. We got his word, but I want to, I want to really even bring that home one more time. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, <laughs> but you shall meditate in it day and night, day and night. You come across an issue that you're like, okay, this looks a little hard, Lord. Come back to the word. Meditate in it day and night. And the temptation for you and for me, right? Every one of us. <laughs> it's not like, well, no, we, we know better than that. Now, no. the temptation for every one of us is to let our ears, you know, gravitate towards, well, let's Google that. Let's find out. Or, you know, let us, let's, let's ask Siri, right? And not to come back to the word and hear what God is saying and know that this is not a book that, you know, is, is of the past, but God's like, no, come back to my word, right? Come back to the light. Come back to hear the truth every single day in Jesus' name. So why don't we stand to our feet? Uh, and as we wrap up, I just, I just pray that God's courage would fill your hearts today. And that we would grab a hold of that word and the vision that God has for us. And just like God said, be of good courage, be strong. And I want to speak that over you guys. And just even just a whole new fresh of things out before felt daunting, you know, weighed us down and just lift up our eyes and remember who our God is. Remember what he's saying to us. Remember that he knows that you can have confidence that you were born at this time for this purpose, right? That we're not like, what happened? God's not, you know, it wasn't a spin the wheel type of thing. Like, all right, you, you go here. God was very intentional of who he called for this season and what he wanted us to accomplish and that God has not left us. Amen. That God is with us. That just like in our hearts, we could feel like, okay, but we loved Moses. Like we love that era. We love that season. And God's like, okay, but I've, I'm still taking you. So Lord, I pray over, just declare a new, fresh strength to our hearts that you would fill our hearts with courage, Lord. I pray that in the name of Jesus, that you would deposit uh, a new strength, Lord, that won't be shaken, Lord, that even the things that were shaken, God, that you would fortify us, Lord, by your word every single day, Lord. I declare over our church and our families, over our children, over our marriages, over our homes in the name of Jesus, that you will go, that we will go wherever you tell us to go, Lord, and that we will not be afraid in the name of Jesus, that you have already clear and, and prepared the path for us for 2021 and for all the years to come in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that we will be bold, we will be courageous, that we will take people with us, Lord, that, Lord, this generation is not doomed, Lord, that there's so much hope 
There's so much that you have in store for this generation, Lord. And that, Lord, you are trusting us to lead in Jesus' name. You are trusting us to deposit what you've given us and to lead them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I declare hope into marriages. Lord, things that seem hopeless, things that seem fragile, things that seem lacking right now in the name of Jesus. I declare hope. I declare hope over our children. Lord, where before we could have felt that they have gone astray, Lord, I declare that our children shall be taught by the Lord and our children shall have great peace. So we call them in in the name of Jesus. We call them in back to your family. We call them in back to your table. Lord, draw their hearts, Lord, to you, Lord. They're not going to be left behind, Lord. They're coming with us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. And we give you all the glory. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.